Good morning again and welcome to Fitzroy Sunday service. If you're listening in the morning, good morning. The afternoon, good afternoon. And in the evening, good evening. Whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I know some of you listen as late as Saturday and we're just delighted that you're still using this online resource. And we will be continuing to use that online resource for the foreseeable future. But the good news for Fitzroy folk is that we will be gathering in church from October the 4th. Now, if you want to be with us on October the 4th, here's how you're going to be able to do it. You're going to have to book in. You have sent us emails already to tell us that you want to come, but that's not sufficient. We will need a new email, and those emails need to come after midday on Sunday the 27th. So immediately after the online service, at the time you should be watching it, On the 27th of September, you need to email roberta at fitzroy.org.uk to say that you want to come to church on October the 4th. You need to tell us who you are and the number in your family unit. We hope that everybody might fit in, but it's touch and go. If you happen to be the last ones to email and you don't fit in for October the 4th, you will then be first on our list for October the 11th, and we'll move on from that point. So, to say that again, if you want to come to church in Fitzroy on October the 4th, then on Sunday the 27th, next Sunday, you have to come in after 12 o'clock, email roberta at fitzroy.org.uk, tell us who you are, and the unit number, and the first come, first served after 12 midday on the 27th will be with us, on October the 4th. And we look forward to that. And as I say, if you're one of our online community, worry not, we will still be online for the foreseeable future. As we come to worship this morning, this afternoon, or this evening, let's pray together. Our God, we come to you in many ways like the children of Israel in the wilderness. We have come from somewhere and we're going to somewhere. But we're stuck in this ground in between and it can be uncertain, can be anxious. And perhaps, to be fair, we're more grumbling than being thankful. And so we pray that this morning as we come to worship that we would see all those reasons we have to be thankful. All those reasons to worship you, to praise you and to thank you. And that we would allow your Holy Spirit to search us, critique us on this part of our journey. And help us to know who we believe in and therefore who we are. And what we should do, no matter what the situation of wilderness that we find ourselves in. So bless us this morning, Lord, as we meet together across the world in individual homes. We pray that somehow your spirit will take the bare bones of our thoughts and songs and prayers and readings and make them come alive in our spirit to lift us and to encourage us and to inspire us to live for you in these days. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen. is 
The reading this morning is taken from Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 to 15. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat.
Good morning. As we come to do our prayers now, there's been much on our hearts and minds this week, as globally we've heard of forest fires in the USA. Nationally, we've heard of ongoing uncertainties with Brexit and the escalation of coronavirus, increases in localised restrictions to try and prevent the spread of the virus. And more locally, we think of our own young people starting and returning to colleges and universities. So as we turn to pray now, Lord, we thank you that you are El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful and ever-present. We come to you today with our prayers, both spoken and unspoken, knowing that you will hear us, help us and guide us. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Just as you have provided yesterday, we know that you will provide today and tomorrow. We think today of all those who are facing economic losses here within our locality and around the world. For those whom disaster has left homeless, injured or bereaved. And today our thoughts and prayers are especially with the people in Beirut following the explosion and the people who are struggling with wildfires in the USA. We pray for your provision upon them and that you might use us as your people to be generously part of your provision in whatever ways we can. Thank you that you are Jehovah Shalom, Lord of Peace. We remember those who are living in coronavirus hotspots and those currently in isolation. May they know your presence in their isolation your peace in their turmoil, and your patience in their waiting. We think today of those who are uncertain about the days that lie ahead, starting out in new places like universities. May they sense your presence surrounding them and your peace within. God of all comfort and counsel, we pray for those who are grieving, reeling from the loss of loved ones. May they know your comfort in their loss and your hope in their despair. We name before you those known to us who are vulnerable and scared, the frail, the sick and the elderly. Thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. We pray for all medical professionals dealing daily with the pressures of this ongoing crisis. Grant them resilience in weariness, discernment in diagnosis and compassion upon compassion as they care. We thank you for the many researchers working steadily and quietly towards a cure. Give them clarity and unexpected breakthroughs. God of all wisdom, we continue to pray for our leaders, the World Health Organization, national governments, local leaders, installment and locally heads of schools, hospitals and other institutions. Since you have positioned these people in public service for this time, we ask you to grant them wisdom beyond their own wisdom to contain, faith beyond their own faith to fight this fear, and strength beyond their own strength to sustain vital institutions through this time of turmoil. God of all wisdom and counsel, you are powerful and merciful, May we seek you as our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, may your love that never ends continue to be our comfort 
strength and guide today and in the days that lie ahead. Amen.
Eamon Holmes has been doing the Nolan show a couple of weeks ago and he said that people in Northern Ireland uh, seem to mostly get up and want to be offended during the day. That's what he, he thought about us because even when he asked the question, he said, which is not a statement, it's just a question, people got offended. I can't help over this last week and forgive me for this. Um, be gentle with me for this and I need to be gentle and empathetic to you in this. But I can't help but thinking we're a bit of a bunch of whingers these days. I mean, somebody brings in some new uh, restriction. Those of us in Belfast can only meet in groups of six. And suddenly the TV's full of people that are just trying to diss that. Um, oh, why can we meet a six in here and we can't meet a six there? And, and they can do six in BT42, but they can't do BT43. And we just seem to be constantly whinging. Because people in their best and with all kinds of difficulties are trying to put down some health and safety for us that might keep us from a virus that we need to remember has killed in Northern Ireland twice as many people in six months as in the worst years of the Troubles. Yes, I know we complained when we were searched going into shops and I know we complained when the army stopped us in the roads in the old times, but we seem to be whinging much more about these restrictions that we're facing at this time. And that whinging took me back to today's lectionary reading that Sophie read for us earlier. The, the children of Israel are in the wilderness. And when I think of the children of Israel in the wilderness, I'm always thinking of wingers. Now, they were there for a lengthy time. But even in today's passage, we find them whinging. Oh, if we were still back in Egypt, if we were still back the way that it was then, then we wouldn't be dying out here in the, in, in the desert. And, and they, they seem to have got themselves a bit of a rosier picture of Egypt than maybe it was to live in Egypt itself. God has interrupted in getting Pharaoh to let them go. And then when Pharaoh changed his mind, God interrupted in a miraculous way across the Red Sea. God has been leading them out of this slavery and deliberation. And they are whinging. They are grumbling. And I suppose as I looked at this passage from Exodus 16 this week, I was actually thinking that probably we could move from the whinging and grumbling maybe more to a people who didn't have enough trust and faith in God. They were whinging because they didn't believe or they didn't trust that God was going to be with them in this difficult situation, the way he'd obviously been with them in Egypt to get them to escape and get their freedom and exodus and liberation. There was a certain degree of not trusting in God. And I suppose for me, in these difficult days between the old normal that we left behind in February and early March to whatever the new normal is going to be uh, somewhere down the road, 
we're in this a bit like the children of Israel. We're in this bit of wilderness where things are so uncertain and they are uncertain. And there will be lots of times when we'll feel, oh, my goodness, you can get this amount of people into a football stadium, but we can only get this so many people in the church. And we'll feel at different times that maybe there's an injustice in the restrictions that are happening. But it seems to me that Robin Swan, bless his heart, is only trying to make sure that more of us don't die in that horrific way that people were dying in great numbers and are still dying in our hospitals. We can be whingers. And we're whingers because we're not trusting in God. And it seems to me that as I read this passage, as I walked for those few verses with the children of Israel and Moses, and as they uh, thought about what God was going to do for them, uh, the, the manna that was going to come, it seems to me that they were more concerned about where they were than who they were. And I suppose as a pastor, I want to ask ourselves today, who are we? Who do we believe that we are? Because certainly it seems to me that there has been uh, difficulties in this time, but we haven't lost who we are as followers of Jesus. And God's still the same God that we worshipped when we were all together in February. Maybe we're concentrating too much as the children of Israel were on where they were rather than on who they were. I was going to preach um, a different sermon than the lectionary text this week. I was actually going to do one about law because everybody's complaining about the law and the government, it seems, forgive me for being political, doesn't seem to worry about international law. And I was going to think about, be a good way in to talk about laws and rules. And I did a, a thought for the day on that on Friday morning on the BBC Radio Ulster. But then I get, then as happens to me, and you're aware of this if you're a Fitzroy person, then something happens in social media that changes it back for me to the lectionary reading. I had I'd read the Exodus passage and I wasn't convinced that there was enough in it or that it was just for this week. And then I think it was Gary Burnett put something up from Miroslav Wolf. And I love Miroslav because when we did a, a conference together at Taylor University in Indiana a few years ago, he quoted me. Now, when I say he quoted me, I was on, Ed Peterson and I were on before Miroslav and uh, he came onto the stage after us. And apparently, though I was out meeting one of my old students outside at the time, apparently he said, Ed, give me a good authority. He said, as the guy who's just been on stage said, he didn't know my name, but he still quoted me or at least gave credence, credence to me. And I love Miroslav Wolf. So, so that's exciting. Well, well, Gary put this up and I want us to read it. And then I want you to see why, it changed me, my whole emphasis of the week back to the lectionary passage. Here's what Wolf says. Now, he's speaking into um, he's speaking into a United States situation, but COVID's part of that. Listen to what he says. We are in a crisis, pandemic, racist violence, political uncertainty, cultural clashes, economic downturn. All this is exposing fragility of our lives and calls our way of life as individuals and a society into question. The truth is, we must be confronted with fragility and death to seek a more promising life. That's Jesus. The healthy do not need and do not seek a doctor. We are sick, Wolf goes on, and yet... 
faced with death, most of us crave not a new life, but the life we've always known. The very life whose cracks the crisis is exposing. Like Israelites in Egypt are groaning under the impersonal pharaoh of this protracted crisis. Let's not limit our hopes to an improved version of Egypt. Let's have a courage to set ourselves on a journey to the promised land. Let's embrace the good news that Jesus proclaimed. Now you can see why that phrase sent me or that passage quotation sent me back in to today's lectionary passage. Because the Israelites are groaning. They were groaning under this impersonal pharaoh who saw them as a statistic. But when they were in this wilderness experience that Sophie read for us, they are only really wanting a bit of an improved version of Egypt. Oh, we could go back to when we had food on the table. They don't want a promised land. They just want an improved version of what was. But Miroslav says... Let's have the courage not to go back to Egypt, not just an improved Egypt, but let's have the courage and I would suggest the vision to embrace the good news that Jesus proclaimed about better possibilities. That sent me off on one. And if you remember, and who knows when I said it, and the truth of the matter is that I say things months ago and I expect you to remember them and most of it you don't so but a while back I, I i was talking about brian zand we had brian and fitzroy just a few years ago and uh, brian said at one stage and i've quoted this before that we can't possibly understand the scriptures we can't possibly understand the scriptures because the scriptures were written for people in slavery in exile and under the oppression of the roman empire and we are not in slavery most of us or in exile, most of us, or under the oppression of Roman Empire, most of us. In fact, Zan would go on to say, we're the Egyptians, we're the Babylonians, and we're the Romans. We are the ones with the entitlement and the power. So it's very hard to understand the ways of God in the midst of not being able to be in the actual passages of Scripture as those in slavery or those in exile or those under oppression. But what COVID has done is COVID has set us in a place. And I said this at the outset, where perhaps we will learn more about the scriptures and more about God and more about our following of Jesus because we're out of our security. We are in uncertainty. We are in this wilderness experience. And there is a fragility to our lives. And there are things that are straining us and pushing us and pulling us that we haven't experienced before. Maybe in that sense, we get ourselves in to the understanding of some of this teaching that comes out of the book of Exodus for us. I was running down the road with this idea when on the same day, another social media message went up. It was from a friend of ours, Janet Glass. Janet's um, uh, the owner of Jed's mother. And we uh, go back and forward, uh, Roxy, Jed's sister and Jed are very alike. And But Janet this week posted a beautiful message that actually said, a lot of things broke my heart, but fixed my vision. A lot of things broke my heart, 
but fixed my vision. And I was immediately thinking of the children of Israel again. Here they are in a place that is breaking their heart. But what God wants them to find in this place that's breaking their heart is a fixed vision, a new vision, a fresh vision. And it might just be that we find ourselves in that kind of wilderness experience. It might just be that we're worried about health, we're worried about employment, we're worried about all kinds of stuff, our children going to school, our husbands or wives who are teachers going to school, our loved ones who are going into the front lines in hospitals, maybe some of us that are too frightened to come to a gathering in church and there's a minister who's not sure about that but wants to get back to looking at you eye to eye rather than eye to screen. We're in a place of fragility. And it might be in this place of brokenness that fixes our vision. The question is, do we want the old normal? Do we want just to go back to an improved version of it? Or is this an opportunity that God is giving us in a wilderness experience to have a fresh vision of something better, something more of the kingdom, something more of the grace of God, something that's so much upside down than that which we left in February or March. That's been the challenge that I've preached a lot during this time. We've got to stop and ask ourselves, what are we learning? Last week we talked about it as a movement of the Holy Spirit instead of a moment that we're trapped in. But what are those things? What would be Miroslav Wolf talking about when he says, we don't want to go back to an improved Egypt. We need a fresh vision of a promised land. Do we want a world where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? Or do we want a transformative biblical idea of business and economics that we see in Exodus chapter 16 today, where people have enough. They don't have more than others. They have the same amount as others, where there's this equality and justice in the economic frameworks that go on. Do we want to make sure that we're not under the grind of that unaccountable capitalism that has us working more hours than we need to work so that we don't have that day to ourselves of rest and with family, as Exodus 16 reminds the children of Israel to take that day of Sabbath, to take a break from what they are, to understand who they are. Do we want to have more time with family? Do we want to see that our priorities can be different? Do we want to love our neighbour the way we loved our neighbour back in uh, March and April when we were asking everybody that passed us when we were out walking and there weren't many people passing us, are you doing okay? Can we get you something? Do we have to go back to Egypt? Or is it possible that out of this we can go through a bit of a wilderness experience that breaks our hearts possibly, but fixes our vision? Could we come out of the dehumanizing of empire? Oh, the slavery, though it's not the same kind of slavery, but a kind of slavery to a new kind of liberation in the things of God. Back to my main point here as we close. This is not about where the children of Israel are. This is about who they are. They have lost their trust in God. 
They have lost their place in God's circle of things. And as a result, they have lost a sense of who they are and what they do as the people of God. Do you know, when you look at the Bible, there's no rosy times to be a follower of Jesus. Following God in the Bible right from the very beginning is difficult and uncertain and anxious. It's people who are finding themselves in difficult situations, realizing who they are because Jesus or the Lord is Lord. In the Old Testament, they didn't call him Jesus. When Jesus came, we called Jesus Lord. This is about trust. This is about believing that it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. We have a role. We have a vocation. We have a sense of service. We have a kingdom to bring. And the actions that we do or the actions that we don't do in a pandemic are the things that we do in the place that we're in that reminds us who we are and makes a difference in the world because of who we are, who we trust, and how we do it. So in the week ahead, let's consider, do we just want an improved Egypt? Or is this a chance? Is this a chance in the fragility and in the breaking of hearts and in the soreness of what we've been through to fix our vision back to the kingdom of God rather than the kingdoms of this world? Let's find a vision and let's journey on to the promised land.
thank you again for being with us on this Fitzroy service and we pray blessing upon you in the week that is ahead. In fact, let's share a benediction of that sort. May we be thankful for the Father's goodness. May Jesus always be our cornerstone. And may the Holy Spirit lead us not just to an improved Egypt, but to the promised land. Amen.